For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online and Play Action Pools. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron and start of the new football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest, the world's largest 200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. And make sure you head over to the website or use the mobile device and sign up today for 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager is refunded up to $25, 100%. For new customers only, by signing up using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. And exciting news our podcast is partnering with playactionpools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sports we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our playactionpools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up on our contest, Believe Football Pick'em, at playactionpools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select 10 highest-profile games of the week between NFL and college football, and whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Believe Football Pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. What up, Fantasy Focus Network family and TCK Potters? Welcome back to the program. This is another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, one of the many podcasts on the Believe Podcast Network. Happy to have you back here with the YouTube folks. Welcome back to the Fantasy Focus Squad. I'm joined by my man, Bucky. Today, we are breaking down the week one ECR versus TCK. We'll explain some of that. He and I are going to debate on some of the top 12 guys Guys outside of the top 12 and 24 at their respective positions. Who are we buying? Who are we selling according to ECR? And, of course, we're going to get into football predictions. We got football tonight. We are finally at the finish line. We got the Buccaneers. We got the Cowboys. Bucks, of course, dropping the banner. They got the rings. The Cowboys underachieving for the last 30 years. Hopefully they can make a run if Dak can stay healthy. We got football tonight for Thursday Night Football, and we're going to, of course, preview that game. Before we do that, though, let's bring in my mans. Bucky, how you feeling, brother? We are finally there. It's been a long spring, a long summer. We're getting into fall. How you feeling, man? We got football tonight. Sky, the summer is over, and spring, a.k.a. football season, it's really in reverse. 
the spring is the enlightening. It's where you finally shed that weight from football season. The problem here is I did not cut weight during the summer months, <laughs> which is quite a requisite thing that most people do. Sure. No, I'm actually going into this football season, not <laughs> looking forward to how I actually turn out looking by the end of this football season. But folks, you can join us on Sunday morning, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time yeah. here on the Fantasy Focus Network. You'll have myself, Levy, Sky, Bobby, whoever the hell else wants to show up. We can't wait to have you join us here. We will answer all of your start sick questions. Get them in and get them in early because I'm sure, as always, the great viewers and listeners out there on the Fantasy Focus Network will come out in droves. Cannot wait, Sky. Absolutely, man. I'm stoked for that, too. And then uh, a lot of hype for Sunday morning, man. We're going to be out there for three hours pregame. So we're putting in the we're putting in the work before the day happens. I'll, I'll be honest, though, man. Once kickoff happens, I'm MIA turning the phone off. I am honed in. I've been waiting for all day football for a long time. Preseason gets, you know, gets the taste buds bubbling a little bit, but it's not the full and I want to get it going. So I'm very excited about that. Stoked to be back. For another episode here, 448, and we are going to be breaking down ECR versus TCK. But before we do that, of course, let's preview this game tonight, man. We finally have a real game to preview here. Buccaneers, Cowboys, Bucks obviously win the Super Bowl last year. Brady comes to town, comes in, wreck shop. Took them a while to get going. Second half of the season, easily the most dominant team in the NFC for sure. And eventually the NFL beating out the Chiefs, making Patrick Mahomes look like a human being in that Super Bowl with their defense. And the Cowboys, look, they've been underachieving, as I said, for the last basically 30 years, right? I mean, they've been a good franchise for a long time, but they are the most profitable and most valuable money-wise, $5 billion, I believe, franchise in all of professional sports and therefore they have underachieved because they do not have a championship since 1995 so Dak Prescott goes down last year and a variety of quarterbacks come in the defense was a mess the offensive line goes down Zeke Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb couldn't really get their full potential out last year without him so what do we expect before we jump into this particular game Bucky, what do you expect from the Cowboys this year with Dak coming back, a healthy offensive line, and these guys in general? Are you have you been buying the hype in draft season, or is it another one of those like, you know, we know the game with the Cowboys? It seems to be a lot of bark and no bite. With the Cowboys, it boils down to this. I think from a fantasy football perspective, very attractive franchise. I think most of us can't wait to sink our teeth into many players that are on that attack for them. I think Dak is the biggest question mark in the early part of the season, but their skill players should set him up for some glory. Obviously, Ezekiel Elliott, what is he going to bring this year? Let's hope it's back to the old Zeke Elliott, the I don't give a damn Zeke Elliott, <laughs> the go to Coachella and act a fool Zeke Elliott. That's Feed the me, guy Zeke. That I, <laughs> that's belly shirt that Zeke, that's see. what we need. We need belly shirt Zeke. Belly shirt Zeke better be back, and he better have that gut. <laughs> And that's when he's playing his best. But, you know, it boils down to this. I think I think it's going to boil down to their defensive performance throughout the year. Um, and I think that's going to be the major, major hurdle that they have to jump over for this Buccaneers game in particular is that I do feel while the offensive line, not nearly what it was just four seasons ago, three seasons ago, but still very competitive offensive line. 
It's the defensive line that concerns me. It's the secondary that concerns me. I think they they will have a problem stopping other teams. But that's great for us in the fantasy football world. Right. We want them to have to come back and come back often, and we want them to be throwing that football because they have three of the better wide receivers in all of the NFL. Absolutely. It's it's going to be a, a really fun game for fantasy, and I'm excited to see both these teams coming. And I mentioned I was actually guesting on – uh, with Evan Winter, who is also a part of the Believe Podcast Network. He hosts the Believe in Bucks podcast, which is a Buccaneers-specific podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He invited me on to talk a little fantasy football last night, and he and I were discussing this game as well, and I had mentioned that you know, you, you see a lot of these teams over the last five, ten years come off of that Super Bowl hangover. Whether they win or lose, they come back that second year, and it's like not quite the same for a while, right? We saw the Eagles take a step back. The Niners take a step back. The Rams took a step back. The Patriots even, right? But Brady has been there, done that, literally more than anybody else. I do not see the Bucks skipping a beat. They literally bring everybody back, um, first team since 1976 to do that. I, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be all systems go. They're coming in mostly healthy, so it should be hit the ground running for Brady and the Buccaneers. Well, let's jump right into it then, man. Let's get into this Thursday night preview. Again, we got the Cowboys at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're dropping the banner ceremony. It is go time here for the Bucs and, and everybody there in Tampa. It opens up at the line here right now per this podcast. Could move, obviously, a little bit, I guess, in the next couple hours as we get up to uh, kickoff. But it's at eight and a half right now as the Bucks is a favorite eight and a half is pretty solid against I think a great offense at least and what should be an improving defense in Dallas over under 52 so Bucky before we even get into the players and break everything down are you feeling this this spread here over under 52 that's a pretty hefty score overall and then eight and a half for the Bucks do you see that happening so I do have them covering but I do feel it's a very very high spread for this game Right. But the difference here is that Tom Brady has had an entire offseason to prepare with the same teammates that just made a miraculous run through the second half and the playoffs last season to win the Super Bowl. I think they're going to come back primed. And I, what I would like to know, I'm not an expert gambler by any means. I don't bet spread. I used to learn my lesson. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. And but I like to pontificate on. It. I like to speak about it because it's important. Was this the Sharks? that made this line move two and a half points since it opened at minus six, mm. or is the public that heavy on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I don't know that, but I'm sure somebody can dig that up. But I think that'll be an interesting thing to look at uh, leading up to this game. What moved that line? Because if it's the Sharks guy, it's going to be way higher than eight and a half because that's, yeah. that is monstrous and they must have some sort of faith in the Bucs. I have that faith in the Buccaneers for this game. I think they're going to be so primed and ready to go. Me too. And and when you think about the over-under, yes, 52 is a, is a high line to get started. But I just do some quick math in my head. Four touchdowns each. Do you think each of these teams could score four touchdowns in this game? Absolutely. Don't. You don't? I do. I, don't. I do for sure. If that happens, that's 56 off the bat, not to mention any field goals and then any more scoring. So 52 for me seems like a cover. Eight and a half for the Bucks. I think the line, in my opinion, the line moved two points was Zach Martin, all pro guard, being out testing positive for COVID and Indomitian Sue coming back in off of the protocol himself. It, Zach Martin it, missing out of the offensive line, I think is going to be 
a, a big deal up front that's going to affect Zeke, and I think that's going to affect overall pass blocking for Dak. And then that defensive line can can eat, and we saw what they did to Patrick Mahomes and a better overall offense than the Cowboys with the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So it'll be very tricky there. Let's dive into this game here really quick. We'll start with the Cowboys and with the Bucks On the Cowboys' side for fantasy, Dak does come back. He had somewhat of a shoulder sprain on top of his ankle issue that he had been rehabbing since week five of last year. He comes back in, looks healthy and ready to go, but then we get Zeke as well. How much is Tony Pollard going to maybe get a couple of touches? Will Zach Martin be out, uh, affect Zeke as much as I'm worried that it might? And then, of course, you have the plethora of wide receivers, Michael Gallup, who nobody even talks about, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, and Amari Cooper, of course, and then two tight ends who are great in their own right, Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz. I feel like you can find a spot for any of these guys in most weeks in your fantasy roster, but this Buccaneers defense is incredible. Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, just got a raise. He's the highest-paid defensive coordinator in the NFL now for what they did last year, beating Patrick Mahomes. Are you confident? Are you as confident as you will be the rest of the season with the Cowboys in this particular game? Because unfortunately, man, my gut feels a little bit shaky in week one here going up against this Buccaneers squad. I feel more confident with them after they get over this hump. It's week one. It's a short week. They've been preparing for it since the onset. Here's the problem. The Buccaneers secondary, young secondary, and they finally meshed at the end of that year. You're seeing Winfield just absolutely clown on the Kansas city receivers in that super bowl. And that, I mean, that's a heroic act. And I mean, yeah, clown him on the field, but also clown right. after the play. Right. But uh, I think that that'll be a big, big problem for them. The Buccaneers are dogs at the linebacker position and good Lord. They just added Joe Tryon, who you being in the Northwest, I'm sure you had the ability He's- to watch a hell of a lot more than of him than I did. But that's a guy who apparently all through training camp has been wreaking havoc. You combine that with Shaq Barrett. You combine that with JPP, who at this point hasn't really practiced all that much. But I, I'm assured that he will be playing on Thursday night. I mean, they have some dogs in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a problem for the Cowboys. I look for um, I look for this to be a one-sided game, to be honest. Mm. Wow. Wow. I, I do think that it'll be – I think it'll be close through halftime. Uh, I think eventually if the Bucks get a lead, they'll start running the clock out. Brady doesn't make mistakes. I think they'll be okay, and, and they'll beat them down eventually. But I do think it'll be close for a while. Let's get into the other side here with the Buccaneers. Uh, obviously, they bring everybody back, literally. You have – and honestly, they just added a couple of pieces, right? So now we have a full season, a full off season of Antonio Brown, who came in halfway through last year. He immediately, with no practice with Tom Brady, no offseason, halfway through the squad, jumps into a 20% target share right off the bat. We saw one play with him and Brady against the Dolphins two years ago for a touchdown in his single game there together. So Brady wants him to succeed. I like that a lot. We'll talk more about these receivers in a little bit in our second segment. Uh, Spoiler alert. But you bring A.B. back for a full offseason. You got Godwin, who's a little bit beat up, but when he's right, he's incredible. Mike Evans, dominant, especially in the red zone. Gronk looked like he took about five years off of his body last year. He looked great, played a full season for the first time in years. And then you have O.J. Howard coming back, who everyone's forgotten about. Then you bring in Gio Bernard, who might be this version of James White for Tom Brady. And, of course, playoff Lenny and Ronald Jones, who I think is a great talent that hasn't even hit his stride yet still a young running back. So 
This team is all systems go, in my opinion. The Dallas defense will be improved with Micah Parsons, but they're not ready for the Buccaneers, I don't feel. You seem to think it'll be the Bucs early and often. Is that how you're feeling for fantasy, too? You fire up all these guys, or are there particular matchups you like better? I'm firing them all in. Put them all in there. Thursday night, under the lights. Let's see what happens. I'm I'm high on the Buccaneers. I'm, I love where you're going with AB. I think you're going to be talking about him in just a little bit. That's my man. Business I, I'm is really booming, high baby. On him for this game, I'm high. Business on him for this is game. booming. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be intense. And and what is fun is you know you have a lot of these Thursday night games with your rosters, and this is it's not make or break because so much happens on Sunday and then Monday night football. But it there's nothing better than starting somebody or a couple of guys in a Thursday night matchup. And look, let's be honest, in in all the leagues. There's like 10 players, including the DSTs, the kickers, all that stuff. There's about 10 players that you can confidently start in this matchup, right? So there's a chance you have two, three, four of these players in these games playing in your roster week one. There's nothing better than getting, you know, a 60, 70 point lead cumulative heading into Sunday on your opponent. But vice versa, if your opponent <laughs> pulls out a, a 30 point performance from the quarterback or the running back goes off for a few tutties or whatever. It's it's kind of hard looking up as you get into Sunday. So one more thing I want to mention here, Thursday night players, we're going to say this all season long, Thursday night players, you want to take them out of your flex position, put them into your designated running back or wide receiver or tight end, I suppose, positions. What I mean by that is if you are going to play Ronald Jones, you're going to play Antonio Brown, uh, you're going to play Michael Gallup for whatever reason. Play them in your wide receiver position or your running back position, not your flex position. Even if you think of them as your third or fourth option at the position, that doesn't matter on your fantasy roster. What that does is it opens up that opportunity on Sunday for last-minute shakeups. If somebody maybe all of a sudden is deemed ineligible, which with COVID does happen, L- last minute your top you know wide receiver, whoever that might be, could be ineligible last minute. If Michael Gallup's your flex guy, He's already taken up that position. You have to play another wide receiver. You can't look at running back or tight end because that position is not available with your flex. So make sure you leave your options open. Move your Thursday night players every single week. Do this. If you commit to a guy, move them from your flex position into the designated position area. Leave that flex open so you literally have flexibility going into your roster for Sundays and Monday night games. All right, buddy. I think that's the preview for the game, right? We got eight and a half, uh, eight and a half favorite for the Buccaneers coming in off the Super Bowl. We got 52 over under. You think it won't be as high? I think it'll be significantly over that. And overall, you're taking the Bucs and you take them to, to cover the spread, correct? That's correct. Okay. I think it'll be a little closer than that. Eight and a half is tough, but I would not be surprised if Brady and the business just handles work. We're going to jump into our second segment here with the ECR versus TCK. But before we do that, we got a couple things in here for you specifically, Buck. So I want to jump into the comment section here really quickly. Now, um, this is uh, this is from Mowgli here. Uh, I heard the Cowboys are, are – I heard the odds are in favor of the Cowboys. I think Tampa wins, though, too. We agree there as well. Here's another one. Buck, I took Singletary in the later rounds this year. Hopeful at all of him breaking out finally with the Buffalo Bills. They play the Pittsburgh Steelers week one. I don't like that at all. Let's just say he's not playing for me in week one, but I have him on quite a few rosters out there, Zinster. And here's the thing about him. 
He's the preseason champ, baby. Russian champ of the preseason, most effective runner. Haven't you been reading PFF? Let's go. <laughs> like he's ready to go. He's the motor. I actually think he has some good value. The problem with the problem with the Bills is it's a three-headed monster there. Um, and then they added in Breda. And yep. the three-headed monster does not even include Matt Breda. And Brian Dable loves to mix it up with his backs. And he's a big matchup guy. So it just depends on his set and what he needs at that moment. He's never strapped to one guy. I would say that it's a wait and see. He's great to have on your roster. However, the the Bills stretch these first six, seven, eight games. That's their rough stretch. It kind of evens out for him and gets a little bit thinner towards the back end of the schedule. And that's where I think th that having him rostered will, will come to your advantage. The problem is you never know if it's Zach Moss at the goal line. You never know if it's Singletary around the 10. It's just going to be a problem all year because you have that, oh, the big bad boy in the room, Josh Allen, who's just going to say, screw y'all, I'm taking this to the house. So That's the issue is that the, yeah. the, the giant head of the three-headed monster is a quarterback. It's not even one of the running backs. So that's a Correct. unique situation there. A couple more comments here and we'll get moving. I got picked in one of my money leagues. I'm stoked for him. Can't wait to see him go off, hopefully. Obviously not a question here, but I'm curious. How do you feel about Kyle Pitts in week one? We saw the one play where he looked very athletic. I'm thinking he's just that that number two weapon you mentioned on a couple episodes ago. We were doing breakouts and my guys and stuff like that, and you had Kyle Pitts as, as one of your guys. You're obviously very bullish on him. Do you think we see it in week one, or is it going to take that traditional couple of weeks for the rookie tight end to get moving? I think it's week one. I think they're going to target him early and often. He, he will be a focal point, him and Ridley, all throughout this season. They don't have a choice. I think Mike Davis is a capable back. The problem is when Kyle Pitts is going to be grabbing balls within the first two, three yards off the line of scrimmage, which I think they will do consistently on drag routes, on quick outs, it's going to be a problem for whoever they try to match up with him. And the problem is for the other teams, they don't have the film yet. So how they are right. planning to fully deploy that weapon, nobody knows. So I think this is the week to jump on. and We'll see if it tapers off from there. I totally agree. Last one here from Zinster, and we're going to move on. Thoughts on Tony Jones Jr. sliding into a backup role? Expect similar things from Ingram numbers from years ago. Tony Jones, for those of you maybe unfamiliar here, is the designated number two with the Saints behind Alvin Kamara. Latavius Murray, who was one of my guys over the summer, Latavius Murray was actually released by the Saints, which is surprising to me. Tony Jones now is going to be the backup there. Obviously, he's clearly a handcuff. He's not going to get much work. I don't think they're going to split much like legitimate carries right off the bat. But as he's mentioning, Mark Ingram, Latavius Murray, Taysom Hill has even got a couple from Alvin Kamara. So do you expect anything early on from Tony Jones with Alvin Kamara being healthy? I don't. I don't think you're going to get near the pass utilization out of Jameis, out of your quarterback that you would have out of Drew Brees. So it's hard to compare it apples to apples. This is a brand new uh, cornucopia of different fruits and vegetables. Nice. So – the issue is we don't really know what to compare it to at this point. It's a brand new offense for Jameis compared to what we saw for years in Tampa Bay. So we'll see what happens here as we go forward, but not a bad stash if you're a Camaro owner. Absolutely. I totally agree. All right. One more time. We're going to remind you Sunday morning, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. If you're on the West coast, like Bobby and I are every single Sunday morning, start 
sit show stream live on YouTube. Of course, make sure to subscribe right here to the Fantasy Focus Network if you have not already. For you podcasters out there that don't usually watch the show, you catch us after the fact on podcast, please tune in Sunday morning. You can jump in for live start sit. We're going to be with you three hours before kickoff to get everybody ready to go for week one. Before we get into our ECR versus TCK debate, I want to give another shout out to Jersey Jungle. Make sure to hit them up on Instagram. Give them a like, give them a follow. Make sure you hit up my boy Trenton. He will take care of you there at the Jersey Jungle on Instagram. That's where they like to handle their business. Excellent, high quality stitch and twill jerseys. Stitch and twill means they're stitched on, they're patches, they're not ironed on. So if you wear them and you get a stain, right? You're watching the ball game, you got chicken wings, you know, and you you throw a bunch of bomb banana hot sauce all over your jersey, you throw it in the wash. Sometimes those peeled on, ironed on plates can peel off in the dryer over a couple of years. These are stitched to other high quality. They're not going anywhere. Make sure you go to the Jersey Jungle on Instagram, the Jersey Jungle. Use the promo code TCK for 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three. And for those of you that are watching on YouTube right now or you're streaming on Facebook Live or on Twitch or on Periscope, you can see right behind me, I got my brand new jerseys in. I got Nikki Chubb and I've got Alvin Kamara. I did an unboxing of six different jerseys that I got in from the Jersey Jungle. Bucky and I are also baseball fans. Don't tell anybody. We're also baseball fans on the side. Bucky, I got to show you my jerseys after the show. I got some Hall of Famers in the mail. Super, super clean jerseys. Very excited about those. So make sure you hit up the Jersey Jungle on Instagram. They will take care of you. Okay, buddy, let's get into this, man. We got ECR versus TCK. We're going to do this every single week. Basically what we're doing here, we've done a couple versions of this throughout the summer, but if you're new to the program, it's week one, you're dusting off the fantasy football pamphlets and you're back with us here. What we're going to be looking at is the top 12 quarterbacks inside and outside of the top 12 quarterbacks and tight ends, a player that ECR expert consensus ranking has ranked inside the top 12 that Bucky and I aren't so confident will end up there, or if one of the top 12 falls out, who that player might be. Conversely, we're going to be looking at somebody outside the top 12 at quarterback and tight end who we can see jumping into that top 12 after this week's performances. Likewise, with the running backs and the wide receivers, we're going to do the same thing, but we're going to beef it up to top 24 because, first of all, the top 10, 12 wide receivers and running backs, those are our premier studs. So outside of an injury, we know where they're going to land. But we're going to be looking at kind of that middle group, who might fall out, and then outside of the top 24, who might be coming in from the rear and could potentially get into the top 24. So, Bucky, let's double it up here. All right, let's have some fun. I'm going to let you go first. Let's start with the quarterbacks. I'm going to have you do a player inside the top 12 for your quarterback who might fall outside of the top 12. Give us the reasoning. And then back that up with somebody outside the top 12, a quarterback who could jump into that top 12. We'll give some reasoning, and then I'll give mine. The floor is yours, my man. So, number one, you mentioned Zach Martin. That's that's going to be an issue there for the Dallas. Big Cowboys. issue. It's going to be a big issue for one Dak Prescott, who is currently ECR, the consensus ranking at number ten for Week One. So with Dak, I'm not looking for him to have a good match. Listen, no action in the preseason. Got to shake that dust off, get the rust off, and make sure that he's able to keep going at full speed. The game speed is something that you don't get in practice. I'm sorry, but when the lights are on, it's a different ball game. 
Buccaneers defense are a bunch of animals. They will play like animals and destroy this Dallas team. I, I just don't have a good feeling about Dak in this matchup here for week one. Now, <clears throat> any thoughts on Dak before we move on? I think we kind of spoke on that earlier, Scott. No, I think we covered Dak. And, you know, again, I think Zach Martin's going to be a bigger issue in fantasy circles because we don't usually focus on the offensive line necessarily. But that is a huge miss. Last year, the uh, Lyle Collins, Tyron, uh, Tyron Smith, and Zach Martin missed a cumulative 36 games between the three of them on top of Dak being out. The, the, the Cowboys just never had a chance after week five. So with everybody back, I think they perform much better. But again, this Buccaneer defense is absolutely incredible. Without him, could be trouble. Although, if Zeke struggles and they fall behind, Dak's going to be in shotgun all night, just pitch and catch. And he could have one of his four 450-yard games. So we'll see what happens. But I do think it's going to be a challenge for him. I agree there. And the quarterback that's outside is currently at number 19. Sam Darnold. Sammy D. Revenge game, Scott. This is, this is what I'm talking about. I think that he goes for 300. I think that he throws for two-plus touchdowns. I think he ekes his way in there to a top 15 performance, potentially top 12. I just look for him to have a big game. He's got all the cars in the garage at this point in Carolina. Their skill positions are just silly at this point. You know, Bob Anderson coming in there with the sweet hairdo. You got my guy who is not my guy, but DJ Moore, who's going to get yards. Just get in the damn end zone, man, for the love of God. Quit frustrating everyone that drafted you in the third and fourth <laughs> round. And then, I mean, I, I love what I've seen so far out of um, Terrace Marshall. Marshall. Yeah. I think that that is a three-headed monster. And then, oh, failed to mention, a little guy named C-Mac, CMC. He's back. So, He's got a lot to work with down there, and I, I really can't wait to see what he can do for the first time in his career surrounded by potential studs at every skill position on that offense. Yeah, I totally agree. You mentioned all cars in the garage. He absolutely does. It helps when one of those cars is a Lamborghini. So we'll see what happens with CMC coming back here. All right, I'm going to get into my quarterbacks in here in just a second. But before we do, Buck, you know – People that are starting to tune in now, they're coming back. You know, Fantasy Focus took a couple months off throughout the summer. We had some uh, some some internal changes. Bobby and I show up, right? We start taking over some shows. You and Levi, Levi kind of take a step back a little bit. But everybody's starting to come back. It's like, you know, who are the new guys? We want the OG Fantasy Focus material. And I know that a big part of this show is the recipes from Buck. Bucky's Recipes have been asked about constantly. So I have to pause really quick. Fredley's in here. Zinster's looking for a game day recipe or riot. Look, we don't <laughs> want riots, ladies and gentlemen. Bucky, can you please, can you please settle the folks down a little bit and give us a sneak preview on the game day recipe for week one? And then I'll get into my quarterbacks. All right. So not only Sky is there cooking with Bucky, which I do a funny video, but it's also it's also very instructional and it's always good food. I'm I'm I pride myself on having nice, simple meals that other folks can go ahead and prepare for Delicious. whoever it is they need to impress. Now, I've been known on this show, on the live show, to give meal recommendations. One of them was like a 12-year-old kid just saying, what should my mom cook for, nice. cook for dinner tonight? Beef stroganoff. They made my beef stroganoff as I went through the recipe, got rave reviews. But this week, so Friday night, I will be recording that video, Fredly. Um, that will be uploaded You'll be able to get it right here. 
Um, I'm sure that Levy will put that on the fantasy focused Instagram as well. Uh, it will be chicken wings in the Ninja foodie or air fryer. I'm going to use the air crisp function on that. It's a tried and true, easy up and down recipe takes you about 35, 45 minutes and you can come out with 20 hot wings that are going to blow your mind. I'm also going to make a homemade blue cheese alongside that. So very simple recipes. I'm talking a total of nine ingredients for all, all that. Um, and that will be up probably early Saturday, Fredly. So be on the lookout for that. I got to edit that down on Friday night, doing that after work. Sounds delicious. And of course you got, you got that homemade blue cheese, but if you also want some hot sauce, make sure to hit up bomb banana hot sauce. Use the promo code TCK for 10% off banana based, not banana flavored. That's seek the spice.com. They got spicy with the red label. They got nice and mild. If you just want the flavor on the white side with the white label, Hit that bomb banana hot sauce along with the homemade blue cheese on your wings. I am looking forward to that, man. It's going to be a fun time. I can't believe it's week one, bro. Stoked. Let's get into this. All right, so I got my quarterbacks here as well. And my fade, unfortunately, is my man, Justin Herbert. This is a quarterback in the top 12 right now. He's the ECR quarterback 11. I think he could fall out of that top 12 if he doesn't come correct against the Washington football team. This is a ascending elite defense, a young defense. Uh, Chase Young, right? Uh, Montez Sweat, these guys are absolutely phenomenal. That secondary is underrated. The linebacking core is underrated. How is this offense and Justin Herbert and the Chargers going to react to a new head coach, new OC, and a new scheme overall in week one? Thankfully, Justin Herbert dealt with a lot of new turnover when he was at Oregon with the Ducks. He had multiple offensive coordinators in college. So, any you know, valedictorian, the kid won, you know, every academic award you could win in college as well. So very bright young man. I'm not worried about him learning the plays and picking it up, but how does that offense actually mesh? Do they run through Austin Eckler like all of us want him to want them to? Is Mike Williams healthy? Does Josh Palmer make an appearance? Is Jared Cook? Still the man, right? Can they can they flow? Is that defense healthy to keep them in the game? Or are they getting blown out? What's going to happen with the Chargers? The big question mark for me. So I love Justin Herbert. You guys know I'm a huge fan personally. I love him in fantasy. But like Dak Prescott, this particular week, I'm nervous about him on the road across the country, all the way from L.A. to Washington, D.C. to play the Washington football team. That's a big move for a West Coast team going all the way East Coast on day uh, week one. So against the Washington football team, I'm going to fade Justin Herbert if I've got another option. And then the quarterback outside of the top 12 that I think could fall inside that top 12, Kirk Cousins. I know he's not a sexy name for fantasy football, but he's a dude that gets it done. Right now he's going as the quarterback 16. I think he could be in that top 12. Maybe he swaps with Justin Herbert. I don't think Justin Herbert's going to bomb, but could he finish QB 16? Yes. Could Cousins finish QB 11? I think so. He's incredibly effective against man defense. They're at Cincinnati. Cincinnati ran the 11th most man coverage last year. Kirk Cousins is able to pick apart man coverage. Year two of Justin Jefferson, who lit every rookie wide receiver record on fire last year. Adam Thielen's healthy this year. 14 touchdowns from Adam Thielen last year. 13 of those in the red zone. And, of course, another Lamborghini, Dalvin Cook, in the uh, backfield there. So I think Kirk Cousins could surprise this week. He's a great streaming quarterback. If you're streaming quarterbacks, I like Kirk Cousins. Probably available in most single quarterback leagues on waivers. 
Bucky, do you agree with fading Herbert and maybe pumping Kirk Cousins? Quick thoughts on these quarterbacks before we get your running backs. Tough for me to fade Herbert just because I was fading him preseason last year. Mm. Period. Point blank. Mm -hmm. Haven't seen it yet. Haven't seen the complete package. He's kind of erratic. And then he just put it all together. Put together one of the best rookie seasons of all time in the NFL. So it's hard for me to discount him, but I do feel like you're onto something there. This is a rough matchup. That cross-country travel, and it's COVID travel, so who mm -hmm. even knows what that's like for these teams on these five, six-hour flights. So I, I don't know. I just think it'll be a little bit uncomfortable for them. Chase Young is something else. So we'll see what happens there. I I, I did Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins won me a championship last year. Nice. So anything that Kirky does, I'm behind. <laughs> and I would never – if I had it my way, Kirk is number 12 every week. <laughs> I I love it. And and Zinser's popping in here with the comment is, doesn't Kirk Cousins own man defenses? Yes, Kirk Cousins does. He owns man defenses. And again, Cincinnati played the 11th most man coverage last year. And look, Joe Burrow and company, like they, this should be a, this is going to be a sneaky high scoring game as well. Both these defenses need serious work. Both of these offenses can pretty much score at will. I think Joe Mixon takes a big jump up. We've got the offense, of course, with Joe Burrow coming back, hopefully healthy. I think this is a sneak attack, one of the highest scoring matchups of the week. I want those quarterbacks. I like Joe Burrow here too, but I'm going to actually go with Kirk Cousins. All right, Bucky, let's move on to the running backs here. We're going to mesh it up a little bit. We're actually talking 24 now. So just instead of 12, and of course the 12 are nitpicking. I love Justin Herbert, right? But we're going to nitpick a little bit there at the top 12. Top 24 for running backs and wide receivers before we get to tight ends. This is a player inside the top 24 for ECR that you think might fall out of top 24 and conversely somebody outside the top 24 that could fall into that top 24 with a nice boom game on the outside looking in here let's start with your guy inside out and then we'll go outside in who is that running back on the inside top 24 that you think could fall out I think it's DeAndre Swift this is a guy I've not drafted this season I don't believe Me in Detroit uh, I just, there's something about Detroit running backs, and I hope that he is eventually the man to lift the curse there, the Barry Sanders curse. I, I just don't, I don't think it's going to happen here week one going up against San Francisco. I think San Francisco's front is far too talented. Um, you got Bosa coming back. This is a team that's going to be pretty damn electric on the defensive side of the ball. I just don't have faith in Detroit, and it it boils down to not that I dis I dislike the player. I like DeAndre. I like Swift quite a bit. I just I can't start him week one going up against this defense. So he was at twenty three. Same game. The player that I really like this week is Trey Sermon. Anyone who watched Ohio State, they know who that man is because he is an absolute beast. I look for him to punch in a touchdown this week, and that's that upside factor. If we get 80 yards and a touchdown, he's right there in the top 24, and really that's what I'm aiming for here. I think he can get it done against Detroit, and I'm looking forward to seeing what that young man does. I know you love Mostert. I love Mostert too, Yeah, but I, I there's room for two guys to get along in that backfield. I have no doubt about that. We've seen it. Yeah, I, I actually, I, t I totally agree here. And, you know, you and I are, were picking different names on purpose, but I actually was going to fade Dak also, and I was going to fade DeAndre Swift. Likewise, I went with a different guy who I'll get here in just a second, but, you know, recapping what you had mentioned, I've been a Jamal Williams guy, which I know is weird to say, but I've crunched, you know, you heard, the listeners heard on yesterday's episode, 
I broke down my most managed players. I have nine leagues this year. The most, uh, the two players I have the most of in all of those leagues, oddly enough, are Jamal Williams and Tyson Williams, both backups. But those are guys with huge upsides that are basically free in drafts. So I've got Jamal Williams everywhere. I also do not have any shares of DeAndre Swift. Loved the talent, loved him coming out of Georgia. I actually had him ranked over Jonathan Taylor before they got drafted. And if Swift went to the Colts and JT went to the Lions, I would be all aboard the Swift train, but I'm just not. I also don't believe in the the, the Lions there. And look, man, Trey Sermon's going to get his chance eventually. I do love Raheem Mostert, but Trey Sermon is going to be on the, the heels there as well. And I have another backup that I'll get into in just a second. Okay, so my guy on inside the top 24 that could fall out of the top 24 this week I, I'm starting to feel bad about this, but it's Josh Jacobs. I've done nothing but have Josh Jacobs slander on this podcast for the last like month, and I feel bad about it. I'm rooting for the guy. If anybody knows his upbringing and his story, he basically lived in his car with his pops, getting in, out of high school, going to Alabama, defeats the odds. I mean, I'm rooting for the kid and the person, absolutely. As a fantasy player with the Raiders and how they utilize him, I'm not a huge fan, unfortunately. He's going as the running back 24 right now in ECR, so he's on that line anyway. I'm a big Kenyon Drake guy. I think he's going to be just fine. Game script is a problem going up against the Ravens. The Ravens are completely depleted at wide receiver, but it doesn't matter. They're going to have the best running attack outside of maybe the 49ers and the Titans in the NFL. They still have Mark Andrews, and they have Lamar Jackson. I expect the Ravens to get up early on the Raiders and the Raiders having to come back this entire game. If that happens, Josh Jacobs is going to get game scripted out of this game. Traditionally, he scores 21 PPR fantasy points in wins and 10 PPR fantasy points in losses. If this is a game that they're behind, Kenyon Drake is that pass catcher. Darren Waller is going to be the guy, the wide receivers, and it's a Derek Carr show not Josh Jacobs. I can't see this defense slowing down the Ravens. I can't see the offense sticking to Josh Jacobs once they go down. So Josh Jacobs is the guy that I have falling out at this point. And the guy on the outside looking in on the top 24 is Javante Williams. I'll take another rookie backup, but Trey Sermon is like a 1B in San Francisco. Javante Williams is a 1B maybe. He's like a 1A and a half in Denver. <laughs> and I think he takes over sooner than later. I do think as long as Mostert's healthy, it's Mostert and then Sermon. I'm not positive that even if Melvin Gordon is healthy, Javante Williams doesn't immediately start chipping into that. They're at the Giants. He's ranked uh, running back 31 right now. I definitely think he can fall into that top 24. He could even get the start. He started the last preseason game, only played a series because they saw what they needed and they took him out, which is a great sign for a rookie running back. And he played because Melvin Gordon is nursing a groin issue. Even if Gordon gets the start and Williams is the backup, he's going to see 15-plus touches, I think. Pat Shermer, the offensive coordinator, loves to ground and pound. They're going to want to run out the Giants. They're going to try to squeeze out this game on the road, and it's going to be run early and run often. And with Melvin Gordon not coming in 100%, I don't think they're going to ride the veteran just to ride the veteran if he's not 100%. They're going to look at Javante Williams, young, fresh legs. The kid's legit. I got him jumping from 31 into that top 24. So I'm going to fade Jacobs, and I'm going to boost Javante Williams. How do you feel about those two? 
I'm fine with Jacobs. I, I do actually think he scores a touchdown, but I think the as far as his overall usage, it's the game script is going to unfold exactly like you just said it. So I, while I think he can score you 8, 10, maybe 12 points, that, that ceiling just isn't there for me. So I, I, I opt for that. I like that. And then I don't know enough yet about Denver. Denver terrifies me, period, point blank. I don't know what to expect, but if we're still nursing a groin going into week one, I would lean on the rookie here, and I think he has as much of a shot as Melvin Gordon to finish in that top 24, so why not flip the coin? 100%, man. I totally agree with you. And Bobby and I have been going back and forth all summer long. We love this backfield, but he is Team Gordon. I've been Team Williams. I don't hate Melvin Gordon. I just think that you know we see every single year rookies and young running backs surpass the veteran and Melvin Gordon just simply isn't who he was with the Chargers when he was number five, number six running back on the league. He's just not. He's a plotter at this point with decent hands, but so is Javante Williams. I think sooner than later, it becomes Javante Williams, and that might be even week one. Well, okay, Bucky, let's get in into now, the... This is that sixth season, the seventh season now. For that's We're starting. We're going to see the decline here. Let's get on that upswing on Williams. I, I agree, and unfortunately, if he's coming in with a groin issue already and at the, at the later age, again, 28-year-old human being is not old, but in football, <laughs> you start getting old, right? And David Montgomery came in with a groin issue last year as well, you know. but he's early 20s. He shook that week one, week two. He ends up being a top six running back in fantasy football. Melvin Gordon at 28-29, he could start you know, wearing down a little bit quicker. And again, you get those fresh legs in there. And look, even if Melvin Gordon starts the first quarter and pounds and pounds and pounds and pounds, and then they kind of rest him or whatever, coming over the top of Jamonte Williams, dude, he's a, he's a brick. He's a fast bowling ball, and that's going to be nasty if uh, Teddy Bridgewater can keep this offense moving up and down the field. All right, Bucky, let's get into the wide receivers here. Same thing. We'll do top 24 outside, uh, outside the top 24. Inside, who are your two wide receivers you're looking to fade and then pump a little extra? So these are the two that I kind of I, I really keyed in on that I like the most here. Uh, so I'm fading Allen Robinson. And this is a simple, simple reasoning. Jalen Ramsey. Oh, God, I love Allen Robinson. It's so hard to fade guys like that, but I, I agree. I'm sorry. I man. do I've agree, but that sucks. <laughs> I've, I've watched it happen too many times now. And I, as, as attractive as it is, that's your second round pick. Yeah. You want to get him in that game. I'm sorry. This is the one game where you should just park the bus a little bit and take a step back and realize if you drafted properly and you have roster that has some options, there has to be a better option out there. So slot in your receivers. Like Sky said earlier, leave that flex going. If you got to take a stab on Allen Robinson by Sunday night, go for it, go for it. But from my perspective, I'm staying away from Jalen Ramsey all season long. I don't care who we're talking about. Ramsey's just unreal. Mm -hmm. And you're dealing with a different animal there. Mm -hmm. um, my play, I got Visca Chenault. Whew. What the hell are the Texans doing? <laughs> what is going on? Why? You <laughs> trade your best cornerback four days they're, before your season starts? What are we doing? They're, they're, they're the Marlins. You know, they, they feel like they have to clean house first before you can just completely, you know, burn down the shack to rebuild a nice, a nice fresh one. Right. I don't see that happening, man. The Texans are in trouble quickly. And and I talked about it last week, it, it, just on the Texans real quick. We thought the burning of the house was done when Bill O'Brien's out the door. What are we still doing here, Sky? This is 
this is crazy because now anyone who's drafted players from the Texans, while there is some upside there, maybe not with Terod Taylor starting, but the problem is, what are they going to be looking like this season? It could yeah. be the worst we've seen in quite some time. Bottom of the barrel in their in their unit rankings throughout every single position on the field. And then you get rid of your guy. I thought this was done with. I thought the only man that was willing to go down with the ship was B.O.B. And now mm -hmm. they're D.E.D. They're dead. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's unbelievable. So Visca Chenault, though, talked about it last week. I just think they're going to target the hell out of him. They're going to manufacture targets for him. And this is a player that I'm super excited for, not just for the season, but especially for this matchup against a completely, completely decimated Houston Texans. Man, I I totally agree. It's it's a it's a real bummer, the the Texans in general. Just I mean, there's a comment down here too from Zinster writings on the wall that, that Brandon Cooks gets traded to and haven't thought about that much, but that makes perfect sense. Why not, right? Why not get any draft capital you can? You know, why, I mean, they don't have many picks. Why not get any sort of depth? This team obviously is probably not going to win a game this year. If they do, it's going to be one or two. And, you know, the Jags, I mean, look, for Trevor Lawrence and the Jags and Urban Meyer, this could be a great kind of uh, start the new on a good, you know, we don't expect a lot <laughs> of wins from Jacksonville either this year, but if they can at least get the two from Houston, and then battle a couple more. They might squeeze out four, five, six games this year. That's a great, you know, start from a team that won just a game last year, earning the number one pick. So it's going to be very interesting there. Allen Robinson, man, is tough. Uh, quick story on on fading your top wide receiver because of the cornerback matchup. Last year, it was the first round of the playoffs, I believe, or it was the weekend before fantasy playoffs start. I can't remember exactly. I'm just going off top here, but. I had um, Robert Woods, and uh, they were going up against the Patriots on Thursday night football. And I benched Robert Woods, who had been, you know, just main. I mean, it's Robert Woods. He's like 18 points a week. Like, dude's a stud. But he was going up against Stephon Gilmore, and I'd done a bunch of research that week and was like, Gilmore not only is a beast in general, but he shut down Robert Woods in minimal work together, right? Like, it's just a bad matchup. So I was like, okay, took a gamble. I forget who I even started. It was some like fourth string receiver that had no business being in my lineup. But I benched Robert Woods, sweated it out the whole game, but he went like three catches for 16 yards or something like that. And it just, you got to play the matchups. Allen Robinson's a beast. You start him every single week. If you can get away with him this week, I agree with Bucky. Bad matchup, right? You want to start on a good end. And look, you'd rather have him blow up on your bench and be like, okay, Allen Robinson is, is cornerback proof. He got the best of Ramsey, great but you don't want to put him in there when he shuts down DK Metcalf, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, all the best in the game. And then Allen Robinson with Andy Dalton. I'll fade him too. Yeah. If I can, don't get crazy. Don't bench him and put in some scrub. Right. But if you have like, you know, uh, a LaVisca Chenault, for example, as your four string receiver, maybe this is one of those weeks where you flip them instead. And yeah, you're going to have to sweat it out on Sunday, but it's an opportunity, I think, to get away from a bad matchup if you can. All right, let's get into my wide receivers here. Maybe unpopular opinion here, but I'm going to go with both Buccaneers. So this is tonight's game, all right? I'm going to take Chris Godwin out of the top 24, potentially. He's at wide receiver 14 in ECR right now. And AB is wide receiver 29. I'm going to flip those guys straight up. Now, with Chris Godwin, both going against Dallas tonight, obviously. With Chris Godwin, he's got a quad issue. 
Okay, came up late this week on the practice report, injury report. Could be nothing, but I don't like anything lower body with receivers. Nothing. I don't care how minute it is. Those things hang. And Chris Godwin had three different injuries, including COVID last year, that were a problem. If that continues to maintain, they have Antonio Brown. They don't need to rush him out there. Godwin could be on a pitch count. They don't need to push him. And if they run heavy in the second half with them building a lead like Bucky and I think they will do, Chris Godwin may not be needed. And they're not going to be dumb. They have a whole season and a, a title to defend. Sit the kid. They got plenty of other weapons. A.B. comes up. Now with a Antonio Brown, it's prime time. A.B. in prime time has been phenomenal forever. Godwin's quad is a problem. Brady wants A.B. to succeed. He's going to see the cornerback number three for the Cowboys. I'm not worried about the cornerback number one for the Cowboys, let alone the third stringer. A.B. is going to dust all night long. TD upside, possession-style wide receiver, still has long speed. Brady's going to find him early and often. I think Antonio Brown, who's ranked 29, could finish 14, and Godwin, who is ranked 14, could finish 29 this particular week. Again, stud receiver that I'd be willing to bench if I can. If I have Godwin and I got somebody else, I'll take him out. If I got A.B., I'll play A.B., over Godwin and Allen Robinson this week, if I'm able to. Wow. Wow. I'm on it, dude. I'm telling you. I'm feeling Here's it tonight. Here's the thing with AB. When's the last time that there was a silent offseason? That's what I mean. That's why I'm stoked about him and Odell Beckham, Focus. because they put their phone down and they're playing football. Focus. I'm telling you, bro. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready to go. I'm ready for it, too. And I actually yeah. like both. I like I like that. If Godwin's coming in and all banged up, I'm sure that I'm sure they will test him. They'll throw him out there. But the minute that something doesn't look right, he's pulled. That's it. He will not be featured. Here comes A B. There's that man yeah. again. I, I'm totally for this. I think A B does have a big game tonight. I, I totally agree. Uh, before we move on to our tight ends, man, we do have one question. And a reminder to everybody, we're going to get to one or two per episode as they come in because we're nice. But please save your start-sit questions for Sunday morning, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Sunday morning. You can jump in here. I got uh, two questions because we're in a good mood here. First one, really quickly, Bucky, we'll go to you. Who should I start, Cortland Sutton or Marvin Jones? You just talked about how much you love Cortland or uh, LaVisca Chenault. Do you also like Marvin Jones here in week one, Sutton or Jones? I'm going Jones on this simply because the Houston Texans are folding like a lawn chair. <laughs> Fair enough. And Zinster is in here quickly. Ayuk or Claypool in the flex? See, that's Ayuk's a tough. little bit beat up. He's got a quad. He's got a quad hamstring issue, but Claypool's the third string receiver, quote unquote, going up against the Bills. Half PPR for Zinster. Who are you feeling, Ayuk or Claypool? I, you see, I don't know who Trey White is going to match up with in this game. I don't know. Probably if Claypool or, or uh, probably Ayuk. Or I'm well, sorry. Um, um, Johnson. De Deontay Johnson. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it, but you would think that. But the Bills do some weird things in terms of that blanket coverage. And Trey White is a blanket guy. He'll follow you all around the island. He doesn't give a damn. He'll mm -hmm. fight off whatever he needs to, and he'll stick with you. God, he's I a have savage. a weird feeling. Now, here's the other thing, though. The other Bills quarterbacks, more length. So I do – I'm going to go Claypool here. Just I, I keep on going back and forth on how they're going to line him up. Um, Bills are susceptible at two and three slot for that cornerback. Not that they're poor players, just they're not near the player that Trey White is. I'm going to bank on the fact that Claypool comes in and will be marked by one of those guys. 
I'm going to overthink this one a little bit here, and I'm going to go Claypool also. First of all, Ayuk comes in not 100%. They're also doing this like Jimmy slash Trey thing. So what does that mean? I also, playing the Lions, I think the Niners run the ball literally 30 times for 200 yards. Um, Claypool can win you a week with one catch for 80 yards. Ayuk is going to take six, seven catches on bubble screens to get loose and make a big run and score. I don't know if he has that mobility coming in a bit beat up. I love Brandon Ayuk long-term. Obviously, I love Chase Claypool as well. I would say if you're looking upside, like if this is your wide receiver three or flex, and you're looking for like a weak winner boom guy because the rest of your team is safe, I would go Claypool. If you're looking for a guy who's probably going to get you 12 to 15 at least, and you're looking for a floor play, like a safe option, it's probably Ayuk. But I see the Niners running the entire second half of the game. And the Bills and the Steelers should be running and gunning up in the field all day long. I like uh, Claypool for those reasons as well. So we're both going to go Claypool on that one. All right, boys, join us on Sunday morning for more start sits. Okay, Bucky, let's get into the tight ends, man, and we'll get out of here. We're going to knock it back down to 12, a player inside the top 12 that you're feeling might fall out, and a tight end outside the top 12 that could replace that player within the top 12. I'll keep it short and sweet here. I got Mike Gusecki going up against the Patriots here. So the last time they met, three for 30, not looking Oof. great. But then you look down the line here. Last year, New England versus tight ends, something that Bill Belichick covers oh so well with his scheme. Darren Waller, two for nine. Kelsey, three for 20. Kittle, five for 55. Andrews, seven for 61. That looks pretty good. Uh, Higby, two for 34. Dawson Knox, five for 51. Chris Herndon with the best day of all these guys, seven for 63 and a touchdown. Two touchdowns conceded to tight ends all of 2020. Mike Gusecki is an easy fade for this week. I think that's fair, man. And they got Jalen Waddle coming in. You're not going to have Will Fuller this week, but they still have Devontae Parker, potentially a big run game with Miles Gaskin there. And do we trust Tua against the Patriots? And the Patriots made him look, you know, I know he's not a rookie this year, but we know what Bill Belichick does to younger rookie quarterbacks. And uh, he 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 took took care of Tua twice last year. So I agree, fading Mike Kosicki. How about that player outside the top 12 that you think could replace Kosicki if he falls out? So if we lose some uh, subscribers, I apologize. This one, <laughs> a lot of folks are familiar with the recording artist, Kid Cuddy. My friends call me Kid Guddy because it's a gut play. Dan Arnold, the connection with Darnold. Don't Love you see it? it? It's Darnold E. Darnold. It's two of them combined into one Darnold squared. Therefore, vis-a-vis, you get a touchdown. All I'm looking for is this. Clear the middle of the field. Hit me with the slant route. Dan Arnold, three catches, 45 yards, and a tutty to get you around 14 points and win you this week. Dan Arnold coming from left field, TE 26 on the week. But the, the truth is here, Sky, not only is this just the gut, this is also, I don't like anybody between 13 and 25. <laughs> so I figured the Darnold to Darnold connection, it can't fail. I, I like it, man. Look, you have, you have Darnold plus D Arnold. It's really easy math. If you just break it down in an equation, yeah. Makes perfect. It makes perfect sense there. I, I love I love that breakdown there. All right, I'll finish it up here. My top 12 tight end that could fall outside the top 12. Unfortunately, it's tight end number eight on ECR this week. It's Noah Fant, who I like a lot and I think could have a great season. 
This particular week could be a little funky, though. They're at the Giants. I had mentioned earlier with Javante Williams. I expect the Giants to, or excuse me, the Broncos to get up in this game. And if they do, I think they're going to try to run it out that second half. Save Teddy Bridgewater, who's not a he's not a game winner. He's a game manager. I think they'll try to bury that arm and run out the clock if they possibly can. Noah Fant has been inactive since the week two of the preseason with the leg injury. He is set to go for Sunday, but makes me nervous there. He's going to be battling for targets with Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Albert O coming back himself and the run game. Any tight end could catch a touchdown on accident, but we're looking for volume plus the touchdown. You're worried about Mike Kosicki because of Bill Belichick. I agree. I'm worried about Noah Fant because of all the other mouths to feed in this offense and the running game plus potentially game script. So if Noah Fant doesn't get it done in the first half, I don't think he's going to overall. There's a lot of other shot-in-the-dark tight ends I would rather start this week than Noah Fant. Like season long, I think he's going to be just fine. But this week, I'd rather fade him, Noah Fant, and then the guy outside the top 12 that I think could fall in there, tight end number 14, Austin Hooper. Haven't even talked about Austin Hooper this whole summer. Baker Mayfield loves the tight ends in the red zone. One-third of Baker Mayfield's career touchdowns have gone to the tight end. And Austin Hooper, let's not forget, with his time in Atlanta before he came to Cleveland, tight end six, both 2018 and 2019. Big playability. He's going to make it happen. And they use a lot of tight ends there in Cleveland, but he was the guy when he wasn't out with an appendectomy and COVID. Austin Hooper was that guy in those select 13 games last year before the injury. So Austin Hooper is a sneaky guy at Kansas City. My thinking is, obviously, they're going to try to plug the run. And then they got Odell and they got Landry. Nobody's going to be looking at Austin Hooper over the middle. The Chiefs have a solid secondary and pass rush. Not incredible linebackers. In the red zone, I think he's going to be the open guy on those play-action passes. Baker's going to find him for at least a tutty at um, tight end number 12 there. So let me recap really quick, and we'll get final thoughts, man. You are fading this week based on ECR. Dak Prescott, Sam Darnold, or excuse me, Dak Prescott, DeAndre Swift, Allen Robinson, and Mike Kosicki. And you are looking for extra performances outside of the top 12 or 24 in the position. Sammy D. Trey Sermon, LaVisca Chenault, and Dan Arnold. I'm going to fade Justin Herbert reluctantly, Josh Jacobs, Chris Godwin, and Noah Fant, and I'm looking to pump up, if I can, Kirk Cousins, Javante Williams, Antonio Brown, and Austin Hooper. Any final thoughts, man, before we get out of here and we turn on some football tonight with the Bucks hosting the Cowboys? I'm just glad to be the guy that opened everyone's eyes to Dan Arnold. <laughs> I didn't even know who he was until you brought him up right here. So this is he's been a serviceable backup for many years, but he is he is the clear cut tight end one there in Carolina. Let's see what happens. Let the boy cook. All I'm saying is thank God we have Google. So now I know like who he is, right? I mean, you know, solid. Hey Bucky, before we get out of here, man, please let everybody know what we're doing Sunday morning. Yeah, we'll be here 10 a.m. Eastern. Same thing as usual, just with a lot of good brains, a lot of people that spend far too much time during their mutual work days researching this stuff and then staying up late at night to catch every bit of news that they can. Trust me, it's going to be great. Again, you got myself, you got Sky, you got Levy, and you got Bobby coming in. We will be here 10 until 1 here on Fantasy Focus Network on YouTube. Join us. Please. Very, we'll very excited, man. Can't wait for Sunday morning. Bring in the start set questions. 
Bucky, it's amazing, man. I'm I'm ready. I'm going to go get some wings. You got me all fired up. I'm going to get some wings. We'll get a little of that bomb banana hot sauce on there. Curl up. Get the ball game in tonight. We're very, very excited for this. Football is finally upon us. Bucks, Cowboys, this evening. Make sure you tune in and you follow all of us on Fantasy Focused on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch. You can follow me on Twitter as well at my name, Sky. Guasco. You can also follow the podcast after the fact. If you're out and about and you don't catch a live show, make sure you find us on the podcast side, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. We're a part of the Believe Podcast Network. This episode and all TCK episodes are brought to you by Bet Online and Play Action Pools. Make sure you go to check out one of those. And Bet Online is your online sports betting experts. For those of you betting online, like tonight's game, and then you can go to play action pools as well. If you're looking to get in a survivor league or an NFL pick them, they got everything you're looking for. So make sure you go check it out. We'll catch you Sunday morning. Bucky, it's always a pleasure, man. We're going to have a lot of fun. Enjoy the game, everybody. Football is upon us. For my man, Bucky, I'm your host, Sky Guasco. We are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.